Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts. Without wasting too much time, I'm going to call on one of our gallant soldiers from Boston. He is in the person of Elder who is the presiding elder for the um, PIWC Central to give us the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I bring you greetings from the Permian Regional Executives and I also bring you greetings from my own district pastor, Reverend Francis Ejapon, and I also bring you greetings from the Greater Boston District. And uh, I would like to say that we are indeed grateful to be in your midst this morning to share fellowship, and to also learn from the Word of God. Hallelujah. This morning, if you are excited to be in the presence of the Lord, I want you to shout, praise the Lord. Amen. 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 I will also want to thank Reverend Dr. Kalbedu, for the opportunity to stand before this august people. Hallelujah. He has given me his podium to speak with you. And for that, I am so grateful to him and his family. May God richly bless him wherever he is. And I also wish him Father's Happy Father's Day. Amen. And in that same vein, I also want to wish every one of us here Happy Father's Day. Amen. Shall we share the word of prayer as we delve into the world? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we want to give you all the glory. We thank you, O Lord, that in your wisdom, you created us in your own likeness and in your own image. And you have given us dominion over all that you have created. And therefore we say thank you, Lord. We pray, O oh Lord, as we have gathered in your presence, we pray that let the power of the Holy Spirit endure us, that we will live up to your expectation the intent for which you created us, may it come to pass in our lives and in the lives of our children. We thank you and we bless you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The whole of this week has been given to the men to talk about a lot of issues, especially concerning the church, 
and the next generation. Whilst we are so in the, his presence, we must also think about the future as well. And that is why it is very important that we also think about those who are going to take over from us. Hallelujah. Because if we do not, then the future is not going to be brighter as we would have wished. Hallelujah. So whilst we are alive, we must also create a conducive environment where the next generation will grow and thrive. Hallelujah. And so that is the reason why this week has been given to all of us. We should not lose sight of that because it's very important. If we don't know how the future is going to be, then it's going to be a challenge for us. Hallelujah. The theme for the whole year, as we all know, is equipping the church as an army to possess the nations. And that has been the theme for the whole year for this year. And the theme that the payment ministry has also given to us, and we have reading stuff a lot about it throughout the whole week, is that equipped to disciple the next generation of warriors to possess the nation. Hallelujah. And so the slogan is, when I say equipped to possess the nation, then you respond. When I, when I say equipped to disciple the next generation, then you will say to possess the nation. Hallelujah. Equipped to disciple the next generation. You are not in this room, are you? Equipped to, to disciple the next generation. To possess the nation. Because if we want to possess the nation, then we must as well think about the future. We cannot possess the nation when we have not trained those who are going to take over from us. Amen. So man, 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 maximize your potential. Hallelujah. I would like us to consider Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26 and 27. And I'm reading from New King James Version. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We will also look at Genesis chapter 14, verse 14. And this time I'm reading from the NIV. It said, When Abram, who later on became Abraham, 
heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out the three eighteen trained men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. Amen. And then we would consider if uh, Judges chapter two, verse seven to ten. Judges chapter two, verse seven to ten. I'm reading from the same NIV. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord has done for Israel. Verse 8. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of the inheritance as Harris in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After the if after that generation had been gathered to their ancestors, which means they passed on or they died, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. What a sad statement. And I'll read the last one before we delve deeper into the word. And that is Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 to 19. And I'm reading from the same NIV. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's kings. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the lost people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Hallelujah. 
Brethren, we just read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. God took his time and meticulously created you according to his own image and his own likeness. In other words, you are the exact carbon copy of God. God himself, you represent God. Everything about you is representative of God. You are the true image of God. So whether you, you have any other skin complexion, it doesn't matter to God. You are the true picture of God as you are here. And then God gave man dominion over all that he has created. Therefore, it suffices to say that the original intention of God was to have man dominate everything that he has created. Aren't you privileged to have this? That the God of the universe, the one who created the heavens and the earth, will say, I have done this, and now I am putting you in charge of it. Hallelujah. So we can see that we are indeed privileged people. And as God gave the man right to dominate everything that he has created, he told man, I want you to name these things. And whatever name was given to that thing has ever been so. No one has ever been able to change it. So you can see that in his image, you and I have been created. And so we should never underestimate the power and authority that God has deposited in us. Hallelujah. So Adam has been endowed with the power to speak and to name things. And whatever he said, this is going to be called, it has remained the same. It has never changed. Hallelujah. And God also gave men a charge. And say, I have instituted marriage. You and your wife will become one. Hallelujah. And the children that will come out of this marriage, you are the high priest in the house. Hallelujah. So whatever you declare about your children is bound to happen. Whatever you say concerning your family, because you are the high priest in the home, it is bound to come. So that is why we must be very careful the words that we utter. They are powerful and they are spiritual. Hallelujah. But this kind of authority that God gave to mankind also attracted an enemy. And that is why we 
The theme says, raising and discipling the next generation of war. warriors. Why? Because when there is any authority granted anyone, you also attract enemies. And because of that, you must be a, a warrior to defend that authority that has been given you. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, because Adam fell, God has used another means in order to make sure that his intent for man continues. Hallelujah. So in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, God called a certain man named Abraham. By then he was known as Abraham. But God said, I will change your name and make you Abraham so that you become a father of many nations. Hallelujah. And through that, God used him as a conduit of manifesting his original intent to mankind that you will be a representative of what I intend originally for man to do on this earth. Hallelujah. And that is the reason why when we read first, Abraham was able to train 318 men in his house. Hallelujah. That is, that is a big task. Inspiring these people and equipping them and making sure that they are able to win not just battles, but they are able to win those battles. Hallelujah. And so, as a man, as a man sitting down here, you have been given that authority to make sure that in your home, you are able to disciple your family. You are able to motivate them. You are able to equip them so that they will be able to win the battles that are ahead of them. Hallelujah. I like dealing with statistics a little bit. And I would like to bring some kind of statistics that was done in this country. According to fatherhood.org, just want us to look at this and then we'll understand the challenge that many of our children are facing in this country where there is no father functioning in the home. According to the U.S. Census Bureau in 2017, it reported that 19.7 million children, more than one in four, live without a father in the home. Consequently, there is a further factor to the, all the social problems that we are experiencing in this country. And I would like to bring this kind of little bit of thing. You see, the following 
The, the following are, are the results of fatherhood crisis in this country. Children who live in a home without a father are four times greater at risk of growing in poverty. And children who live in a home without a father are more likely to have behavioral problems. And as our elder already explained earlier on, this is to add to that. And he said, children who live in a home without a father are more likely to face abuse. And then the last one, children who live in a home without a father are two times more likely to drop out of high school. So you see that this is a grim picture of the challenge that this nation is facing. Hallelujah. So as fathers, and as not just fathers, but as Christian fathers, we have the mandate to make sure that we train our children in a way that the Lord expects them to grow up to be. That will depend on your work. That will depend on your motivation. And that will depend on the way you bring them up. Hallelujah. So the question that we ask, where are the fathers? Where are the fathers? I remember some years ago there was this uh, prophet uh, way back in Ghana who would come on the radio and said, why is it that when it is Mother's Day, the whole world hears of it? And the whole world is shaking up. But when it comes to Father's Day, it is muted. Why? Meanwhile, we are supposed to be the shakers in the home, aren't we? But why is it that when it comes to the day that has been dedicated to us, it is muted? It means that there is a work for us to do. Hallelujah. We have a work to do. We have a work to do. So that is why in Ephesians 6, as we read, these battles cannot be won with our own human intellect, intellectual ability. No. But we need the Spirit of God to equip us. We need the Spirit of God to empower us. We need the Spirit of God to lead us. We need the Spirit of God to motivate us. Sometimes when it comes to men's fellowship meetings, it's difficult. When women are organizing, you can see that everybody is into it. Everybody is participating. But when it comes to men, we need more motivation. Where is the men's leader here? I hope you can attest to that. We need more motivation. But we are supposed to lead. Why is it that we are not leading? 
Hallelujah. It means that we are at war. And being at war, you must, full, you must be fully equipped. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us, when we open ourselves up, when we allow the Spirit of God to lead us, that is when we'll be able to overcome some of these challenges. Hallelujah. But it starts with renewing our mind. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 12 verse 2, it says, And do not conform to this world, but be transformed by this renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. There are some of us, we have become too rigid. Too rigid. But, as clay in the hands of the porter, we have to be more malleable so that the porter will be able to fashion us the way he or she wants it done. For example, if a porter wants to fashion, maybe let's say, a pot, and the clay is hard, how can that pot be made? It's completely impossible, is it not? So it is now time for us to be flexible in our thinking. Some of us, we have allowed our training and our educational background to block the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. A typical example is God says one plus one is one. Is that not it? But our education says one plus one is what? Two. So if you are dealing with God in what a logical way, you will not you will say, No, this is not right. But with God, because we are so open and we are so flexible to Him, we will be able to understand why God is saying that. Why? Because you and your wife will come together and you form what? One union. So that is why God says one plus one is one. But the moment we bring logic into it and we say one plus one is two, it means I'm thinking differently. My wife is also doing one, thinking differently. But the moment we go the way that God has uh, instituted and said one plus one is one, it means that now my mind is the same as my wife's mind. And my wife's mind is the same as my mind. Hallelujah. And that is why God says the two shall be one. Hallelujah. So it is time we let go the rigidity in our lives. And as we do that, the Holy Spirit will have power over our lives and mold us and fashion us the way God wants us to be in His presence. Hallelujah. Brethren, renewing is very, very important. Why? We all have at least one document that we 
renew from time to time. Example is your driver's license or your state ID for those who don't drive. If one of these documents expires and you decide to maybe drive, for example, with your driver's license, what have you done? You have gone against the law. So any police person can do what? Arrest you because you have broken the law. But when you are cognizant, when you are conscious that this thing is going to expire maybe in X number of days, what do you do? You take a step to go and renew it. And that is why renewal is always very important. Renewal is always very important. It doesn't mean you have fallen short, but it means that you are always conscious of making sure that you are walking on a path that will please the master water. Hallelujah. Then the next thing that can be a hindrance to us is complacency. In our kind, they will say, This is where we want to be. I mean, we've been doing this 100 years ago, and it's the same. We want to keep it. What about the other alternatives that we can look at? For example, in, in the olden days, our forefathers used to pray under cocoa trees. Does it mean we had to go and pray under cocoa trees? No. It means that as the era has changed, we must also adapt the change and use the tools available in that era to propagate the gospel. During the pandemic, none of us were allowed to come in person. What did we use? We changed the... Uh, the service into a virtual service where you and I just maybe the one who is going to speak will come and maybe the media people will help the rest are at home what are they doing? they are joining the service through their smartphones their TVs or their computers hallelujah so imagine that during the pandemic we say, oh, we always have to go to the house of God. So we must come. Would it be possible? It wouldn't be possible. Hallelujah. So as the time is changing, we should pray and ask God, what are you telling us? And what kind of tools can we use to also meet the challenges in that era? Hallelujah. So we must be we must not be complacent. When the time comes and things are changing, we should go to God and ask God, what kind of tools do you want us to use to reach out to the unreachable? Hallelujah. Complacency also means that we depend on the past. In the past, our forefathers prayed 
a miracles happen. And so now we have based everything on what happened in the past. God is not God in the past. But he is the God of the now. That is why he said he is our ever-present help in times of what? Trouble. In times of trouble. So, good. It is good that we had those kind of experience in the past. But we have to move away from there to the present and ask God, what are you telling us? And how can you move, we move forward to address the challenges that we are facing in our days? Hallelujah. As Zion said, forget the former times. God was telling Isaiah, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing new things. So God is doing a new thing. In our generation. Our generation, if we want to equip our generation, if we want to disciple the next generation, then it means that we also have to come to their level and understand the way they do their thing. If they are able, if they always go on Facebook to chat, why don't you create a Facebook account and also chat with them? If they are on Twitter, why can't you also create a Twitter account and chat with them? But so doing, they will know that indeed you care. And indeed, you understand them. And in, when somebody knows that you really understand them, it becomes easier to motivate them. It becomes easier to, uh, to what is it? To mentor them. It becomes easier to mentor them. Brethren, if we want to disciple the next generation, the next generation who are now the warriors of today and tomorrow, because very soon many of us will exit the stage. Shakespeare said that the world is a stage and everyone comes to do their best. When the time comes, you get off the stage, and then the next person comes. But getting off the stage, what have you done for the one who is going to replace you? That is the question that we should all consider every now and then. Mind you, the children who arose after Joshua and the, those generations have passed, they did not know the Lord. Why? Because Joshua and his generation did not disciple them. They did not tell them the miracle, miracles things that God did when he delivered them from the land of Egypt on their way to the Canaan land. And so because of that, after they were dead and gone, the generation that came after them they didn't know anything about the Lord. But may God forbid that in our generation, something of this will be said about us, that we failed to disciple the next generation of warriors. If somebody can be a good warrior, 
It's not just bearing the name warrior, but indeed you are a warrior who is able to defeat the plans of the evil one. Indeed, you are a warrior who is able to take control. Indeed, you are a warrior who is able to possess territories. Indeed, you are a warrior who is able to hold on to territories. Hallelujah. And so that is what God is expecting of us. That we indeed consider the next generation. Hallelujah. It is not about us. It is about the future. England used to be the passion of Christianity. Where John Wesley and Charles Wesley preached powerful messages and people were repenting and people accepted the Lord. What happened? Now, the very churches in which these great people preached are being sold out. They are being sold out. So as we think about this, we should also focus on the future and see how, the, how is the church going to fare in the next 20 years, in the next 50 years. Is it going to be the same as we have witnessed elsewhere. This is the challenge. This is the cry-long call that you and I must engage in and make sure that we win the next generation over and let them know the power and the miraculous things that our God can do so that we do not lose them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brethren, we need to be vigilant. Very, very vigilant these days. Especially, we live in times that the social media is being used for so many things. Our youth are being bombarded from so many sources. From their school campuses, college campuses, TV, social media, and every other thing. So if we as leaders are not able to stand up and tell them the right way to go, these people are out to win them. Now, may God forbid that our children will fall short of the grace that has been granted us. Hallelujah. Brethren, you are that person that the young man is looking at. You are the one that the young woman is looking at for direction. You are the one that the next generation is counting on to make sure that their future is secured. Will you stand up? Will you stand up for them? Will you pray with them? Will you disciple them? Will you mentor them? Will you motivate them to stand and say, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, sister. Can you do that now? Hallelujah. There are two things that I want to bring as I end my message. I've seen I've taken all the time. There are two 
ways of mentoring. We have what is known as observational mentorship. And then we have what is known as participatory mentorship. Let me explain that. In the Church of Pentecost, mostly many of the mentoring is done by observation. And so, for example, maybe I'm pushing this thing every time I come, I have to move this thing away. Somebody is sitting in the seat watching. Even though the person may not tell me, but that person is looking at me and thinking, oh, so this is how we do it every day. That is observational mentoring. And then we have the participatory mentoring. Hallelujah. And that is, for example, let's, let's, for example, let me use the media. Maybe you are the head of the media. When you came, you were running this wire, and there's a young person sitting down who is looking at you. For you to let that person participate as a way of mentoring, you will say, oh, I'm running this wire. Can you please pick this wire, plug it into this speaker? So that person participates in what you are doing. And as that person participates in what you're doing, at the same time, you are mentoring that person. So next time when you are not there, that young person will know, okay, this is how we run wires to fix this speaker. This is how we run this thing to do that. Hallelujah. And so let us encourage our young people to be observant. Let us encourage our young people to participate in the things that we do. We should not hold it to ourselves. Even though you can do it, but make sure that you have somebody who can also come around and hold it with you. Not because you can do it, but because you want to teach that person that, hey, this is how we do it. This is how we move it. Hallelujah. May God richly help us. May God help us so that we'll be able to disciple the next generation of warriors so that they'll be able to go out there and possess the nations for us. Shall we please rise up? Shall we please rise up? Shall we please rise up? At this time, I want you to pray and thank God for the word that has come. It is a word that is to ginger us up, to move in the direction that will secure the future of our children. Because if we are not able to do that, the, the enemy is out there whose eyes are wide open trying to get someone to remove from our midst. But God will not allow that to happen because you are standing in the gap for that child. Shall we pray and thank the Lord? Thank you once again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.